Let me say it again. Got to love our kids. They do indeed bring joy to our lives, right? And as I said earlier, as we lit the fourth candle of Advent, today is that day in Advent where we focus on joy and my guess is you'll see the word joy in December more than any other time of the year. It's on signs, it's on advertisements, it's on windows. Uh, but what in the world is joy and why is it so important? And hey, I'm a bit joyful at being able to be in the pulpit today. It's, it's been at least six weeks and in case you aren't aware, I had a quad accident on Halloween that impacted my vocal cords. I'm not fully repaired, but I'm coming and today is kind of a vocal warm-up for me before our four Christmas candlelight services coming up this Friday and Saturday and I am so pumped for those services for Christmas Eve. Oh, and the good news is this message will be a touch, not much, but just a touch bit shorter, so to ease me back into speaking, and I'm sure you won't complain about that. Also, I'm, I'm grateful for both Rick and Kay Warren, and Kay Warren's book, Choose Joy, who, who, gave, uh, who gave me a lot of good stuff to throw into this message. So let me kick this off by stating what I think is obvious. Crisp, uh, crisp, uh, Christianity, I'll get it. Christianity is a joyful faith. Jesus said, I've told you these things that your, that your joy would be full. We're a singing faith. We, we have far more songs than any other religion, including thousands of songs about joy. In fact, no other holiday has as many songs about, you know, their holiday, the birth of Jesus. All our radio stations play some sort of Christmas music. Our Christian radio station has gone 24-7 with Christmas music. In the Christmas story, the word joy turns up a lot. I, I think depending on the version you use, uh, the, the word joy turns up eight times. It's why really we say Merry Christmas. Hey, true story. I've had people wish me, have yourself a scary Halloween, right? But when it comes to Christmas, it's Merry. Merry Christmas. Now, I don't know what comes to mind when you think of the word joy. I mean, what brings joy to you? What in the world is joy anyway? Well, we know it's emotion. It's a, it's a feel-good emotion. We, we love joy as an emotion, but do you realize that joy is far, far more than, than just an emotion? Um, do you know the difference between, say, joy and happiness? Happiness depends on things happening, uh, what happens to you. It, it depends on happenstance, on circumstance. Joy is a choice. You choose joy. You, you can be joyful even in the middle of grief, even in the middle of a depressing situation. Happiness depends on where you are at the moment. When I go to Cabela's, the happiest place on earth, and I take Jane with me. We have such a good time. At, well, at least I do. And, and I am happy in this happiest place on earth. But when I walk out and realize how much I've just spent, I'm not happy anymore. So I've got to go right back in to get more of that happiness. But joy is inside. It's internal, not external. Happiness is temporary. It's, it's good while you've got it, but it doesn't last. Happiness is temporary, joy can be eternal. One of the best definitions for joy that I've come across comes from Kay Warren. She says, joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of every detail in my life, the quiet confidence that ultimately everything will be all right, 
and the determined choice to praise God in all things. Joy is a choice. It is the determined choice to praise God, to thank God in all things. That's a whole lot different than just like feeling good. Joy is a choice. Joy is a commitment. Joy is a disposition. God wants you to live a joy-filled life. Now, wouldn't it be great if we all had joy all the time? Yeah. I mean, the world would be a whole lot nicer of a place. Nobody would be cranky. Nobody would be grumpy. Nobody would be attacking people all the time. There'd be no judgmentalism. But the truth is, we don't have joy all the time. You don't have it all the time. I don't have it all the time. Why? Because it oozes out of our life. It, it drains out of our lives. And it drains pretty easily and actually pretty quickly. And while there are multiple things that eat at our joy, this being Christmas Sunday, I want to look at Mary, the mother of Jesus, and look at some stuff that was eating at her joy and how she made a choice to allow joy to flood her life. Now, when we look at the Christmas story, I mean, we have this little picture of Mary and Joseph and the baby. Most of us don't realize how much stress Mary was under at the time. The first Christmas was incredibly anxiety-producing for this young woman. In the first place, she wasn't that old. Mary, when she gave birth to Jesus, she was at most, what, 13, 14, 15 years old? She's like barely a teenager, and because uh, in those days, people got married really young because they were dying by the time they were 30. Mary is not some mature woman in her 30s. She's not some young woman in her 20s. She's a young teenager. And then she's engaged to be married to this guy, Joseph. And then she has what's called this virgin birth. What in the world is that? It never happened to any woman in the past. Birth without a husband or birth without a man. What's going on here? It's a virgin birth. Well, how are you going to explain that to your mom? Hey, mom, I'm 13. I'm pregnant. Really? Yeah. Who's the father? God is. Would you believe your daughter? How is she going to explain this to her friends? How, she's, how is she going to explain this to her fiancé, who knows he hasn't been sleeping with her? That created stress, a virgin birth. I mean, it, it's a joy robber. I mean, think about this. She's single, she's in a little town, the, the gossip about a single girl being pregnant and not married back then, all the scandal, God's the father, nobody's going to believe that. Then, just a few days before she gives birth, she's in her ninth month of pregnancy. A couple of days before she gives birth, she, she has to get on a donkey and make at least a two- or three-day trip from Nazareth to Bethlehem because they're going for this government-declared census. Okay, I'm a guy. I'm not qualified to answer this, so let me ask. Is there any woman here who would like to ride a donkey for three days on the last three days of your pregnancy? My guess, I don't think so. I, I, I wonder that her water didn't break on that journey. Then when she gets to Bethlehem, there's no hotel, there's no motel. I mean, you know the story. They end up sleeping the night in a stable with a bunch of animals. That night, maybe a 13, 14-year-old girl who's never had a relationship with man, never had a baby, delivers her own baby, I mean, without mom there, without her aunts, without her sisters, no grandmother, no midwife, no doctor, all by herself. I, uh, I shouldn't discount Joseph. He's there. It's, it's just it's an incredibly anxiety-producing time for Mary. 
This is a joy robber. And then she's been told by some angel that this baby is the son of God. Think of that and the pressure that the angel, I don't think intentionally put on her, but this is God. I mean, she has to raise a perfect child. I mean, talk about stress. That's why in the story of the first Christmas, the word afraid is used like seven times. A couple of weeks ago, Lucas suggested that maybe the angels were scary looking or something. That's why we see the word afraid so much. All I know is that every time an angel shows up, the first thing the angel has to say is, don't be afraid. Why? Because anxiety, um, fear, robs you of your joy. And, and here's what I want you to get this morning. Mary made a choice that brought joy to her life. Hear me. Mary made a choice. She made a decision, and that decision produced joy. We need to see this. When Mary was afraid, when, when anxiety was building in her life, she chose to trust God and accept his plan. Mary made a choice to choose joy. Let me read to you a part of the Christmas story written by the Apostle Luke. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a young virgin named Mary. At that time, Mary was legally engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Suddenly, the angel appeared to Mary and said, Greetings, highly favored woman. The Lord is with you. Frightened and disturbed by this, Mary wondered what the angel could possibly mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her. You have been chosen by God for his purpose. Here's what I'd like you to see and understand from this. Friends, you have been chosen by God for his purposes too. You were created by God for his purpose. God has a purpose for you just like he did for Mary, but you can miss it. You will miss the purpose of your life unless you do what Mary did. You choose to accept it. She trusted God and accepted his plan. Mary could have missed God's purpose in her life. In fact, most people in the world do miss uh, the purpose in life, their purpose in life. Why? Because they don't make this Mary choice. When Mary was afraid, she chose to trust God and accept his plan. Now, what the angel says next makes Mary even more anxious. The angel continued, you will become pregnant and you will have a son and you're to name him Jesus. Your child will be the greatest, the son of the most high God. He will sit on David's throne as king forever and his kingdom will never end. So, does this sound like your normal pregnancy announcement like what you'd see on Facebook or Instagram? Heck no. There is no comparison because this is no normal child. Mary is listening to her own pregnancy announcement and, and her mind starts to spin. First, I'm pregnant and I've never had sex. Secondly, the baby I'm carrying is going to be a king and he's going to have a kingdom that lasts forever. This is no normal child and this increases her anxiety, right? She is not bubbling over with joy in this moment. And so Mary then asks the angel the obvious question and the answer the angel gives just creates more anxiety and tension. Then Mary asked, how is this possible? I have never slept with a man. The angel replied, God's Holy Spirit and his creative power will overshadow you. Now I can just see this young turn raising her hand and going, excuse me, uh, excuse me, can you just go into a, a little bit more detail on that? Uh, 
what is this creative power that's going to overshadow me stuff? I mean, what's that going to mean? What's going to happen to my body? I have no idea. I think this would make you a bit nervous. The angel responds, your baby will be the holy son of God. It will be a miracle, just as your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age, for nothing is impossible with God. Now put yourself in Mary's shoes. Even you guys, try to do this, okay? If you were Mary, you would be anxious too. Sure you would. You'd be fearful. So let me pause here and make this personal, and let me ask you a question. What are you anxious about this Christmas? Think about it. What's got you all uptight? What's got you nervous? What are you worried about? What, what keeps you awake at night? What are you afraid of? Are you worried about finances? Are you worried about your health? Are you worried about if you're ever going to get married? Are you worried about if your marriage is going to stay together? Are, are you worried about if you're going to get fired or laid off? Are you going to have to move? On and on. What are you worried about into this next year? I, I don't know what you're worried about, what your anxiety is about, but I do know the antidote without knowing what you're worried about. I know the antidote. It's the same antidote that Mary applied. You've got to make a choice. You've got to make a choice to trust God. You've got to make a choice to accept his plan. You take everything that you're worried about and you put it in God's hands. You've got to say to God, God, this is, this is bigger than me. I, I can't figure it all out, but I, I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to accept your plan even though I, I don't understand it. I can't carry this all myself. And this is exactly what Mary did at that first Christmas. Look at how Mary responded to all this news that she's just been told. It's awesome news, but it's scary news. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. Okay, she's saying, I belong to God. He made me. He, he's got a plan for my life, so I am the Lord's servant, and I'm just willing to accept whatever he has for my life. May everything you've said come true. And then the angel left her. That's a really mature response for, you know, an immature teenage girl. I'm willing to accept whatever, whatever God has for my life. Have you ever said that to God? I'm willing to accept what you have for my life. If you haven't, that's why you're worried. I mean, that's why you have fears. Uh, that's why you get stressed out because you haven't made this merry decision. Everybody has to make a decision like this at some point or, or, or you, will, uh, you just won't have a life of joy. Instead of your life being full of joy, it will be full of fear. You'll live a worried life. You've got to make the merry decision. I am willing to accept whatever God has for my life. At some point in your life, you just got to come honest and say, okay, I don't get it all, but I'm going to trust God. He made me. He loves me. He's got a plan for my life. I'm going to accept his plan, even though I don't understand it. Until you do that, you're not going to have any real lasting joy. Okay, then, so what's the result of saying, God, I'm going to trust you. Even though I don't understand the plan you have for my life, I'm just going to trust you completely. Well, the result is always joy. Because after Mary accepts God's plan, uh, whatever it is for her, uh, this is what uh, she tells us. This is the, her response. Mary said, my spirit finds its joy in God, my Savior. But some of us behave like uh, my spirit finds its joy in watching TikTok or Instagram videos. No. 
My spirit finds its joy in social media. No, my, my spirit finds its joy in a good Italian dinner. No, although Sorrentino's in Edmonton is excellent. Just a, just a recommendation. My spirit finds its joy in God, and I'm just going to, that's where it is, and I'm going to trust him, and I'm going to accept his plan. So let me ask you this question. Have you lost your joy? Are you just going through the motions? Are you not joyful this Christmas? You, you just want to get through it. When you've lost your joy, the truth is you're not very happy. The truth is you're just flat out miserable. You, you've lost your joy from anxiety. You, you have too many worries, too many fears, too many anxieties, and you're keeping them <clears throat> all pushed down because you don't want anybody to know about it. You know what you need? You need help from heaven. Do you know what that help is called? That help from heaven is called a savior. And that's what Christmas is all about, a savior. Believe me, if you, if you didn't need a savior, I mean, God wouldn't have wasted time to send one. Some 2,022 years ago, an angel came and announced, I bring you uh, good news of great joy, which shall be for all people. Hey, doesn't matter who you are or what kind of faith background you have or if you have no faith background at all, it doesn't matter what's in your present or what you're doing now that you think might keep you from God and getting his joy. The message of Christmas is, I bring you good news of great joy for all people. That's all people. For unto you this day in the city of David, a son is born who is Christ the Lord. You're going to need that Savior, not just one day when you stand before God. You're going to need him this year. You're going to need him even this week. And it's the whole reason he came. It's why we say Merry Christmas. This Christmas, you need to pray what David prayed after he had really messed up his life. He prayed this, Lord, restore to me the joy, the joy of your salvation. And you need to choose joy. And you choose joy by surrendering your life to Jesus. So join me in a time of prayer. I'm going to pray a Christmas prayer. And I, can't, I just want to invite you to pray this with me. It really doesn't matter the words you use, but what matters is that your heart is humble before God. I mean, all you really have to do is, if the words I'm saying make sense, just say to God, me too. Join me and pray this with me. Dear God, I don't want to live a joyless life. I don't want to just exist. I confess that I have let anxiety and confusion and stuff steal my joy. So this Christmas, I choose joy. And this Christmas, I declare I need help from heaven to make that choice. I need a savior. I, I need you, Jesus. And I choose joy as I invite you, Jesus, into my life or invite you anew to my life to fill me with joy through your Holy Spirit. Empower me to live with joy in this next year as I remain committed to your plans and purposes for my life. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.